can't really sing. <laughs> la, 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 you are la, listening to la, the la, NBA la, Outsiders la, podcast, la, 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 a member of the SBNY Podcast Network. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. As always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Of course, always on sportsblognewyork.com as well. Click on the podcast tab. Any of those articles will lead you in the right direction. Now, you heard me in the open say that this is the NBA Outsiders Podcast. I've been teasing it for a little bit, telling you guys that we're going to start an NBA-specific podcast. I'm super excited. I got fantastic co-hosts who are going to join me in just a second. Can't wait to bring them in and talk some ball because we believe that the NBA did something specifically over the past two seasons where they took over the underground world of sports, the NBA Twitter, from the NBA offseason being as exciting as the NBA's regular season. There's so much to talk about, so many fun storylines this year, and I can't wait to get it going. You're listening to the NBA Outsiders Podcast. But now let me bring in my first guest. He was with me last week to talk about Carmelo Anthony moving from the New York Knicks to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Go back and listen to that episode. But also, if you want to hear him, He's right here. Frank Villani. What's up, brother? How we doing, Petey? How we doing, everybody? How hype are you for the NBA Outsiders? I've been waiting for this for a solid month now. Like, I was prepping on Thursday. I'm ready to go, man. I've been ready to go. I'm chomping at the bit. And I'm even more excited because we have not just you. We have two other folk coming back to host this fine podcast. And he's this guy, the next guy I'm going to bring in. He's a SBNY podcast OG member. He was actually the OG co-host when we started this thing off, before we even had it on iTunes. So if you actually listened to us back then when it was me and this man, shout out to you and let us know on our Twitter at SportBlogNYC. But first, John Lucas Duffy, my former co-host, you're back. For real, dude, that was so long ago. We're so old now. Yeah, how washed are we now? now? I'm so washed. I went out this weekend. I think I went to bed at like... 12 and I woke up at 10 and I still felt like exhausted. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. I need the NBA season to start to get me revitalized. You need those late night 10.30 starts on the West Coast to get you revitalized. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, glad to have you back, Duff. Can't wait to get into this hoops conversation because I know you can really just give you know two shits less about basically any other sport. Literally, I don't care about any other sport at this point in my life. I have stopped watching baseball. I don't care about football. Hockey, a little bit. But, no, I just need – October 17th can't go fast enough. Oh, I love it. I love to hear it. We're going to get into so many things. But last but not least, this is a make a guy making his debut on any SBNY podcast. But how about the first episode of the NBA Outsiders? Justin Babb, welcome to the podcast world. What's up, Pete? Thanks. Yeah, I guess I am the, uh, the rookie here. Uh, pumped. Real excited to do this. Been waiting for a while, just like Frank said. Uh like other sports, but you know, I think NBA is my uh, my first love at this point. Great sport, ton of stuff happened this off season. Can't wait to get into it. And you have even more reason to be excited because you root for one of those teams this year that we're going to be talking about a lot leading up to the season. Once the season starts, they have one of the most interesting and exciting group of young players in this NBA, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And Bab, I need to ask you ask you that right away. I don't want to pigeonhole you or anything. I know you know about every team, but Sixers, how hype are you right now? I am so excited. I got a box in the mail like four days ago. Sixers logo on top. Beautiful box. Opened it up. Saw some season tickets in there. Going to be headed to a ton of games. 
Uh, I can't wait. I mean, they got a great young team. I think they have a lot of talent. I think they're going to surprise some people. I mean, I, I really do. I think they're going to surprise some people. But, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I really think they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think more people than you may believe are excited to watch the Sixers. It's not just you, you know, Pennsylvania folk. It's uh-huh. all across this, this NBA world right now are excited to watch Ben Simmons, Fultz, and Embiid. Yeah, they have... They had their first uh, open practice today, and uh, I didn't get to go, but I saw videos. A couple of my friends were there, and uh, I mean, the atmosphere there was amazing. The amount of people that showed up for this open practice and like just watched them kind of run, you know, half court five on fives. It was it was crazy. So I mean, I, I you, you're probably right. I mean, I get like the inside, you know, PA Philadelphia feel, but uh, you know, I, I bet there's a lot of people outside, of, you know, that are excited to watch them too. You're probably right. Duff, I heard you peeping over there. What you got? Yeah, that. You got one. You got one extra ticket to go to the Sixers game. Who are you calling from the from the NBA Outsiders podcast? Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, listen, it's first episode here. Um, after you, that's episode, right. You got to pick pick your pick your sides right now. Right now, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna see how everything plays out. I, I'm I'm starting to feel like you know I'm getting some of those negative vibes from you, so you might be thrown out the window immediately. <laughs> I just want to make a comment real quick. You know. NBA Outsiders has been a group chat for a while, and most of our arguments inside the group chat, Bab, I feel like it's me and you versus Duff and Pete, so. I, I, I think I agree with I feel like it's second. literally just me versus everyone. Uh, you know, well, you know, Duff, because you're a bitch, and you always have the wrong opinion about stuff. Yeah, sorry, I think I think Devin Booker is a good player. Obviously, that's the wrong opinion. That's I think Harvey a- Irving's a good player. That's obviously a bad opinion. I don't think we're disagreeing with those notions, but I think you're trying to fight me on that one, Duff. I don't yeah, know. That's, <laughs> that's that's in-house fighting, man. Bring that over there with the nonsense. Me and Bad ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, but listen, this is what I'm trying to say here. Is you know we're talking about ranking shooting guards or point guards or whatever. I have my reasoning, and until you fully hear my reasoning, I don't want to hear your crap if you call my my opinion <laughs> stupid. All right. That's all right, all right. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll all, get there. Also, Bab, real easy answer to that question. You say, I put it in the NBA Outsiders group chat. First one to answer has the best shot. Ooh, you're right. You're right. That should have been my answer. And yeah. you know what? If I do have one extra ticket, that's what I'm going to do. Well, you know what? That gives anyone a, a chance. And yeah. who, who's most handy with the phone? Me, Frank, or, or Duff? I don't know. It's tough. Not me. <laughs> that is tough. Any given moment. Quick you know? fingers. I think I'm also closest in proximity to Philadelphia, so. Yeah, I think you are. So I might have two things going for me right here. Frank's trying to <laughs> trying to get these browning points early, but whatever. We got to move on. We got to talk about we got to talk about basketball because now we're talking about our lives a little too much. You're gonna learn about the four of us on this NBA sports, Outsiders yeah. podcast. I promise you, if you jump on this train now, you're not going to be disappointed. We are four people who couldn't be more excited for this whole league. Obviously, we're gonna talk about you know every storyline possible in the NBA. We're obviously going to not forget about our Knicks because even though they might be trash, they will be interesting. And this is technically a part of the SBNY Podcast Network. we got to give the NY team a little love. Is that fair for you guys? Oh, yeah. For sure. There's two NY teams, all right? got to talk about the Nets. <laughs> That's fair. I would love some Lin, some Lin talk. Can't wait. Jeremy Lin bought his entire team custom suits. Lin Sanity is back. <laughs> straight baller move. Apparently, he does it every year too. So straight baller move every year. 
stunned on his own teammates. And Duff, uh, you actually want to pose an award to give at the end of the NBA preseason. So before oh, we... wait, no, no, no. I was I was wrong about the timing of that. That wasn't a preseason game, so let's not tell anyone about that idea. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll just edit this out, and no one will hear that you just did that. Okay. I'm just kidding. There's no chance that I'm editing that out. <laughs> so, well, since you just disappointed everybody, let's move on. And let's talk about this ridiculous NBA offseason. I mean, is it fair to say that the NBA was the st- like the talk of the sports world throughout this whole summer, despite NFL starting off and the MLB actually having their regular season? From my estimation, watching as much stuff I do, the NBA took over everything this offseason. The NBA is the hottest sport in the streets in the entire world right now. It's number one. Like you said, it took over Twitter. I feel like it's taken over Instagram. Like all the basketball highlights you always see on there every day. I, it just consumes you. It's twelve months a year now. Yeah, I love absolutely. It. You've seen. I mean, you've seen the NBA everywhere. You're, you're so right, Pete. Even with football starting, like NBA has kind of been the talk of like the sports world. It seems like. Um, and I, I mean, I love it too. It's like it's definitely seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, a ton of stuff happened this off season. I mean, how could you not be excited, you know, for the season to start? But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair to say for sure, absolutely. So I want to start off by this. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip over to Frank. I'm gonna start off with you. So give me one move from this off season that just you know it really just perked up your nips and just got you excited for this season. Just give me one move that got you all hyped up. I mean that's easy for me. That's um that's the first move the Thunder made this offseason getting Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Donatus Sabonis, I believe. Um that's like maximum return for, you know, minimum <laughs> give out, uh yeah. whatever you want to call it. Uh that team took a huge leap this offseason. Um Russell Westbrook signing his extension also, you know, I feel like it, it puts Paul George in a different position because that's a team now that if if it has Paul George and Russell Westbrook going forward it's probably a winning team and competes every year and he always talks about how you know he's not worried about markets he's worried about winning winning is the most important thing to him so uh a lot of people are saying that this is like a fluky move he's going to move at the end of the year but I don't think it's a fluky move I think there's a good chance he might stay if the Thunder show you know they could do something which I believe they have a uh, roster capable of, you know, doing. Yeah, I mean, we got to talk about Paul George moving to another team with another superstar, and we're having the debate of, like, what's the most interesting move? In any other reality, nine times out of ten, maybe more than that, 9.9 out of ten times, if Paul George changes teams and joins a superstar, that dominates every other storyline. But then we're going to talk about... Chris Paul going to the Rockets to join James Harden. We're going to talk about Jimmy Butler joining Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. It, the, the list goes on and on, and it's ridiculous that we have to have the conversation. I mean, it's a fantastic thing to talk about. Like, Paul George is may not be the most interesting move, and that is amazing. So, Duff, what was one move from the offseason that really got you going? Yeah, there were like five blockbuster trades this summer alone. It's insane. Um but the one I, I'm most excited for is Kyrie going to the Celtics. And see, I that didn't even cross my head until you just said it because I brought up three other ridiculously awesome moves. I know. That's the one I like the best because every everyone's kind of still like you, – you posed this question to us before. Are people still obsessed with you know Warriors versus Cavs and whatever? And I think to a certain degree, yes, they are because – 
people just kind of assume they're going to be in the finals against each other, but there are other interesting teams like Oklahoma City and Minnesota and stuff like that. But I feel like this kind of sh- it, it kind of at least shifts the balance of power a little bit in the East because even though I think it was a very even trade, but it definitely like shuffle things up a bit and definitely makes it way more interesting, especially with subplots about like one of the best Cavaliers going to the Celtics and they're now conference rivals and they open up against each other game one on October 17th. I'm so excited. And how, how funny is that? You know, you get um, that matchup and then I think about the Knicks versus the Thunder opening night. You know, Melo gets finally gets traded after all this crap. The Thunder are hardly even a train of thought in the mellow trade world, and then they finally make it, make the move, and we look at the schedule. Oh, look, we got to face Mellow game one of 82. Like, what the hell are the odds of that? It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Adam Silver's a genius. Duke <laughs> guy. Harvard, man. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Oh, my God. Bab, Bab, to ask you the same question, what's that move? What's that move for you? So, personally, what really got, you know, my nips a little hard was J.J. Redick going to the Sixers. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's biased, so... <laughs> Overall, I, I think you mentioned it before, the Chris Paul going to the Rockets. Uh, I'm just really interested to see how that's going to play out, the whole dynamic between him and James Harden. Uh, you know, kind of if it's going to change their offense a little bit. I've never really considered Chris Paul much of a uh, you know three-point shooter, um, and that's kind of how the Rockets really ran their team last year. But that trade, Chris Paul going to the Rockets, teaming up with Harden, um, I, I mean, I'm really, really should see how that plays out. I'm, I think that's a big wild card, honestly. I mean, there's obviously the two really good players, um, but uh, who knows how they'll work together, you know, what that offense will turn into. So I think that's kind of my where, where my eyes are going to be the first couple months, weeks of the season. There's only one ball. There's only one ball, exactly. Whoa, that's true, man. You gotta, people forget about that. There's only one ball. People yeah. forget that there's one ball in basketball. Totally forgot. If I was, if I was an mind. NBA GM who happened to look really similar to Rob Lowe, I would say that Kentavious Colwell Pope was the most interesting move of the offseason. It actually it almost reminds me of that time, you know, um, when the Israelites were traveling through the desert and <laughs> they didn't what? have any food and the bread, the manna from the cra- from the sky fell down and saved a civilization. That's kind of what it reminds me of. When the Lakers got Caldwell Pope, <laughs> did anybody? Did no one else hear that that press conference, or just me? I, yeah, I don't know what press conference that's referencing, but <laughs> so I have no idea what you're talking about. I am so disappointed in you guys. My NBA <laughs> outsiders, brethren, that's are not familiar me. with Rob Polinka's press conference about Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Is that what he said? He literally referenced the Bible and told that story and said that's what this means to this franchise. Oh, my goodness. I thought you guys were kidding that you didn't hear that. I did not. Now that you say that, though, I have an opinion on it, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) No shit, Frank. He's talking about saving a civilization, a whole religion, and Contavious Caldwell Pope, who by all means is probably an average two-guard in the league. (laughs) Very average. Wow. That's just uh, Based on your rankings, I'm surprised you're not in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. He's too way, bro. You know, listeners to this podcast, my, my rankings aren't out there yet, but they're coming soon. And, uh, you know, here, based off of hearing you, they're going to be, you know, they're coming in with a whole bunch of predisposed ideas, and, and they're they're going to end up not liking it, but I don't care. I'm ready to fight anybody on this list. Uh, 
all listeners of this podcast rip Pete's. His rankings suck. They absolutely <laughs> suck. Like, just let him know as often as you can. Let him know how bad his picks are. They're, they're not even done first, A. And B, maybe they do. But you got to read my reasoning. So we'll see. I'm going to hear him out. I'm going to hear him out. Thank you, Bab. I mean, I'm going to hear you out too, but regardless, like, I'm going to find the few I disagree with and I'm just going to hammer you with it. Like, I've seen, like, I've seen enough. I don't really need to hear much more. <laughs> you know, I'm all about the negative press for Pete Kennedy right now. So, and that's Pete Kennedy with two Y's. Just insult him on Twitter. Let him know. <laughs> I hope I hope I get people riled up on this list. I really do. That'd be that'd be really you know a big day for me to get people pissed off about my rankings. <laughs> like ESPN does it. Like why can't I? Why can't I piss people off? Yeah, man. Those were yeah because ESPN has a reputation of being terrible at this point. That's not something you want to adopt, Pete. <laughs> Maybe I'm looking for a job. Want to steer clear of those guys? You think about that? Maybe I need a job, so I'm gonna do a really bad job. I'm gonna do a really good job at doing a bad job. That's how you get hired, no? That's how you get hired, actually. Wow. Foolproof plan. Thank you. Thank you. you know, if, 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 people, if people are ripping on your rankings, that means they're paying attention. That means they care. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking at both ends of the spectrum, too. I just want to be able to screenshot some mean tweets and send them to Pete and laugh at <laughs> Yo, wait. Yes. Retweet Armageddon. Wait, <laughs> Duff. Kennedy's list. <laughs> John Lucas Duffy. Before we move on to the next topic, because I, I want to move on to some uh, different conversations, I need to bring up one specific move that we didn't talk about fully yet. Obviously, we're going to get to a lot more. But after the trade on draft night, Jimmy Butler leaving the Bulls to the Timberwolves. Oh, my God. And the, yeah, Bulls, okay. the, <laughs> and the Bulls drafting Laurie Markkinen. You know, everybody in the USA, other than maybe a few Bulls fans who are in denial, we're saying, oh my God, the Timberwolves just absolutely won that trade. You drafted Laurie Markkinen for, and for Jimmy Butler. That's ridiculous. But you went on and wrote an article on sportsblognewyork.com, which we'll link in this podcast, uh, about how the Timberwolves lost that trade and basically hot take alert of the world. And Twitter responded. There was actually some degrading things tweeted <laughs> at the quote unquote writer of this article. Asking us if we hire 13-year-olds. Yeah. That was, like, my favorite thing that, like, happened in the past year to Duff. Like, <laughs> All right. So here's – I knew I was going to have to answer for this, and I stand by the take because it wasn't that the Minnesota Timberwolves lost the trade. It was that they both lost the trade. And sometimes I get caught up, and I only look look at the scenario through a long-term lens and say – like, are they going to win a championship because of this? Or, like, is there an avenue to get to a championship through this move? <clears throat> Which I still don't think there is because of the Warriors and other stuff I'm not going to talk about. But I do concede that I forgot to look at it through the lens of the Timberwolves are just have such a crappy history. And then this is probably now the best Timberwolves team of all time, and they're going to be like a four seed. So I think that they... <laughs> I'm okay with them doing it, and I guess from that perspective, it makes sense, but I kind of just wanted them to get assets and build like the Sixers because Sixers are going to win the world, uh, going to win the finals this year. So I hear you, but I also, I've been going back and forth with a lot of people just like about this, I guess, philosophy of, of how you go about building your team and year to year things like. I, I don't necessarily think always gearing up for the future is the best thing. I think a lot of teams are starting to realize that. Like the only team I can think of in recent memory that this tanking is really working for is Philadelphia with all these top picks, and they tanked 
hard for a long time. Very um, long. I think it's imperative for teams to try and be their best at all moments because, uh, you know, eyes are on you all the time. Free agents are coming around by the time summer's around. You don't want to be a team that it, that looks so far off that one guy is not going to help. One big is not uh, situation I believe the Knicks find themselves in year in and year out while we can't sign quality free agents because the product on the court is just it's so bad that nobody wants to come in and fix it at, from a player's perspective. But if you put something on the court that shows like we're middle of the pack where we are right now, but if we get a guy like top 10 in the NBA, that skyrockets us to top of the middle of the pack, which puts us in contention for the playoffs, which I think is the ultimate goal for most of these players. Obviously, they all want to win championships, but I don't think it's realistic to go year to year saying, I want to win a championship this year. I want to win a championship this year, unless you're like, you know, LeBron James. Uh, but I do think a realistic thing for them, like, like look at Jimmy Butler bringing that mediocre Bulls team to the playoffs. Like, that's something I, I allude to. Like, if, if you can at least be mediocre to a point where a superstar or a star will help you get to the playoffs – that's so beneficial. Like it's it's almost invaluable. I get what you're saying, and I get that, but I just I just still think that through the lens, like five years down the road, will Minnesota like this year? Are they going to be contenders for the finals? No. In well, three years, I mean, probably not. In that, five years, definitely. That, not. It's like yeah, I, I agree with you, but. That's like assuming the NBA season is static and not fluid. Like, what if Kevin Durant? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. The whole, for the whole playoffs, like, I think a healthy Timberwolves team versus a Warriors without Kevin Durant. I'm not saying they win that, but I'm saying that's a great ass matchup. I, I, I'm watching all, you know, five, six, seven games of that series. Like, I'm not missing that because I still believe, like, you know, you 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 got to put yourself in the best chance to win you just have to it's it's the only way to do things I, I believe what i would add off that point is i say this all the time and me and frank talked about this the other day well first off with the timberwolves they added one of those top 10 players in the leagues in jimmy butler like those guys do not grow on trees he is a top 10 player he changes the absolute dynamic of any franchise that he's on because you don't you don't just try to be mediocre with jimmy butler you try to win games but that being said i think it's so important in the nba and this people forget about this that you need to have those years of being a playoff team, whether it be eight through three or four, before you jump to one to two. Like Before the Warriors became the Warriors and they won the first championship and then they won 73 games, they had that year where they lost in the playoffs when they were like a six seed or whatever they were. But they were good, they were exciting, and they got better. You don't go from the lottery to the top team in your conference. Like The Sixers right now are in a really cool place. But in order for them to have long-term success... You need to see a little success before, you know, championship-level yeah, success. And that's why like if the Sixers are able to get a seven seed right now, that would be a huge year for them because they know how to win basketball games, they play meaningful basketball, and you can't do that in the draft lottery. Yeah, that would be great. That's a great example, though, Pete. Like, that's the, when I ever think of teams that tank and, you know, have come out on the good side of it, I, I, right now my thought is on the Sixers because, like I said before, they have all these top draft picks. Everybody's all hyped about it. Like, um, it just, like, it's going to take that team, if they stay together, that core, if they stay together, it's still going to take them for maybe five seasons until their, their peak. Mm-hmm. And... 
and that's when you win your championships. You don't win your championships when you're when you're learning. You learn them at you win them at your peak. So you know if you can build teams that'll peak at the same time, which I think is something the Timberwolves did with this acquisition. Like Jimmy Butler, kind of he he glosses over the buffer zone from when Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and you know whoever else they have are are just straight up studs. They have their straight up stud now. Now these guys can learn. Well, Carl Anthony Towns already is a stud too, so they have two studs now. Andrew Wiggins is poised to take a huge step this season. If he comes out and he's a top fifteen NBA player, that team is nasty. That team is nasty. And based so, off that thing you just said, though, Carl Anthony Towns doesn't take the true next step of being a winner until he plays in meaningful games. And maybe without Jimmy Butler, they still wouldn't do that all year long. Now you can yeah. guarantee Wiggins and Towns and whatever other pieces that don't have experience on that team will play in playoff games, or they sh- definitely should, and will play in meaningful games down the road. That's huge. It's now, invaluable, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, that's the number one thing. Like You look at all these young teams, what's the one thing they want to bring on? They want to bring on experience, because that's the one thing you cannot teach is experience. Mm-hmm. I mean... Bab, Bab, I heard you nibbling over there. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of, so, you know, from Frank's point where you're saying you always got to, like, try to win now, you know, I guess that goes into the whole topic of tanking, and that's something that I've experienced, you know, a lot over the past X amount of years. Don't get too upset. Uh, Don't get what? Don't get too upset about us right now. I'm I'm over that. I'm over that phase. Three years? Three years. Sixers are a title contender. Three years. I've been saying that for eight years now. Okay? <laughs> you back me up on that. I've been saying three years for eight years, but I think it's at that point where we can finally accept it. But, uh, I mean, interestingly enough, the NBA actually just kind of changed some stuff in terms of the uh, draft lottery, you know, the reform. I don't know if you guys saw I'm sure you guys saw that. I did see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, in, what, not, not 2018, but 2019? Yeah, and, I mean, looking at it, it looks like, you know, even they're trying to, uh, I guess, scare teams away from, like, that tactic. Um, but, you know, I guess where I'm at, like I said, you know, probably biased, but I think I've seen it, I guess, not work yet, but it's in the process of working. And I really think it is going to work out. You just got to stay healthy. But, um, yeah, no, I just find it really interesting. Do you guys think that the NBA, you know, based on that reform, is trying to steer teams away from that whole that tanking thing. Well, first off, real convenient choice of words there. Yeah, yeah, you heard that process. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if no one if you didn't hear that, you should just stop listening to this podcast and go home <laughs> right now. <laughs> Sixers fan quietly just tries to fit in the word process into the sentence. Yeah, it fit, it fit there. <laughs> no, no, it definitely fit, but you know, it was pretty blatant in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I throw that out there when I can. I mean, it's been, it's kind of been my, my life's motto for the past, uh, you know, since, since Hanky's been there. Rest in peace. birth. This first word was process. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to answer your question, I'll say this. Um, I think this little reform to the draft lottery will, it won't do anything negative. That's the first thing to, to realize. Like it's not going to make people tank more. So that can be looked at as a good thing. That being said, I don't think this is going to stop people from tanking. People, if they have a bad roster, the GM is not going to try to add, you know, a piece to make them go from last in the conference to third to last in the conference. Like, they're going to still try to be in the bottom of the barrel. 14% chance for the one, two, and three picks to get the number one pick uh-huh. is, uh, it's interesting. I think, if anything, the NBA did something smart because now 
that's one more night where NBA fans have to be tuned in to the NBA where who's going to get the number one pick? Because, you know, now last year, who was it? Um, who got... Celtics. The, the, well, the Celtics ended up winning the lottery, right. The Sixers got the mm-hmm. pick, but the Celtics won the lottery. We pretty much knew that pick was supposed to win that that position, right? Now, yeah, yeah. everybody has equal, and it will be another night that NBA fans have to be locked in for, and the NBA wins. Yeah, you're right. It's a good move on their part. I, I also like it just from, like, the perspective, I guess... I guess this is me being a Knicks fan, but last year we beat the Sixers on like a buzzer beater at the end of the year, and it like it boosted us up a spot in the rankings, but really kind of hurt us in the draft lottery. Mm. Like I, I kind of feel like that should be a thing. Like teams, like mutually tanking teams playing each other should still want to beat each other. It shouldn't be a battle of like, well, we want to lose because we want the better pick. And I think that this will kind of curtail that. I don't even know if that's really such a problem. Like, innately, it might be, like, under-the-surface kind of deal. But, I don't know. I, I just feel like it'll make everybody play a little bit harder and go for wins a little bit harder, I believe. So, you know, it might shake up the end of, you know, the the regular season if there's a few teams on the cusp of playoffs. You know, if the bottom of the, the table is still going hard because they have equal chance, it doesn't matter if they're one, two, or three at the bottom, you know. So I feel like that could be, you know, beneficial. Duff, any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, you could pass if you want. I just wanted to I give you the floor. Re- I was reading something else. Let's move on. Sorry, I'm not paying attention. I appreciate your honesty. That's one thing that we always care about on the NBA Outsiders podcast is honesty. I would if you first. literally, Duff, if you just said no, I would have been fine with that. I wasn't paying attention at all. Yeah, let's just move on. Thank you, though, for the opportunity. <laughs> no problem. All right, so I want to move on to this conversation, which very much so will be a part of the NBA conversation throughout this season, is the balance of power. Now the balance of power conversation is not only about the top-tier teams versus everybody else. It's also now the Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference. The West seemed to only get better from top to bottom, and the East seemed to lose every great player they had. So, open floor to whoever wants to take it. What do we make of this drastic difference of talent in the East versus West? Uh, I feel like the West is like the NBA, and then the East is like the G League. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of teams in the East that are like on the come up. I feel like the Celtics are gonna get better with time. The Sixers are gonna get better with time. The Bucks, teams like that. I'm thinking about and. The West is just took all the really good players from the East, like you're talking about, and it's it's like they got called up to the real NBA. You call, you you want to play in the real NBA, you play in the Western Conference. So do you make it good or bad? Is that bad or good, or do you not even um, care? I I'm, I'm I don't care. I really I don't care about conference imbalance. Maybe that's just me. I really just don't give a shit. I just it's not. I, I think conferences are kind of dumb, and it's just not important to me, really. I'd rather just have the 16 best teams. I don't really care if, like, the team on one side of the country has more, like, representatives in the playoffs and the team, than, like, the conference on the other side of the country. Like, you don't, just, you don't care if the Hornets win the Southeast. I don't care. I just, if, the like, the Suns have a better record in a harder conference, I want them in. I, so I then are you them. anti-conferences? Yeah, I'm anti-conferences. That's bold. This went from a conversation about 
you know, just East players versus West players, East teams versus West teams, and now Duff is officially anti-conference. <laughs> anti-conference. I'm hoping to dissolve the NBA, start the USBA, United States Basketball Association. I think that's already a thing. I think that's the Olympic team. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. Um, <laughs> the American basketball? No, it was the ABA. Fuck. All right, I'll think of something. Well, here's, I mean, in regards to like the balance of power, or whatnot. Like, I, I kind of agree with Duffy. Where like, I don't really, I don't really give a shit as long as because like, I think in the end, you know, when you get down to it, the two best teams end up playing each other at the end of the year in the finals anyway. You know, um, and I think that's kind of, I guess, the important thing. You know, I think in years past, people have said that the Western Conference Finals have kind of been like the real finals because um, the Eastern Conference was so weak. And it still is. You know, the Eastern Conference is obviously below the Western Conference in terms of talent and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, I think that in the end, the two best teams play in the finals, and, and that's kind of what's important in terms of the conferences. I don't know. I don't think they, uh, I don't think they play too much of a factor. I mean, the only reason where it really becomes a, a... – statistical difference is that teams in the Western Conference play more worthy opponents more often, you know? So mm-hmm. the the Knicks and Sixers are only going to play Golden State twice. Meanwhile, the Suns are in their division. They play them all the time. The Pelicans are not in their division, but they're in the conference. They play them more than the Knicks and, uh, what's it called, Sixers would. So yeah. that's where it becomes an actual calculatable difference, I guess. But I kind of feel you. I think it doesn't really matter. What When it's going to be weird is when – every playoff matchup in the West is just more interesting because the Nuggets can very well be a 7 or 8 seed, and you can probably argue that they're as good as the Bucks and the Wizards and the Raptors in the Eastern Conference, but they're going to possibly struggle to make the playoffs in the West, and that's yeah. pretty absurd. Can I can I get some in, some in on this? Nah. I think it's total baloney. I think you're all full of shit. Um, the top of the East, a.k.a. the Cavaliers, still competes with the top of the West. So when it comes down to finals time, it's not like it's it's not like the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the the team that lo- lost to the Warriors is better than the Cavs. I wouldn't say that at all. I think the Cavs would have beat the Thunder as well in that series. Um, I guess that's two seasons ago. But um, whatever. Uh, I believe. I mean, like we all said, the East is on the come up. They have all the young talent in the NBA. Just because the West has all these established talent right now, like let's be let's be realistic. Do the bottom four teams in the Western Conference, barring injury to the top teams, do they really have a chance of making the finals? I'd say their chances of making the finals are just as equal as the bottom half of the East making it over the Cavs or the Celtics. So I don't think the like I, I get what you guys are saying. Yeah, on average the teams in the West are better than the teams in the East. But in terms of parity within division, I think it's pretty equal, and that means you know that, that plays out to some good basketball. I know, hear what you're saying, Francis. It's actually a good point. You know, like you're basically saying that if you put the conferences relative to themselves and not to each other, the setup might be really similar. So you have in the Western Conference, you have the Warriors. Uh, as the clear best team. Maybe in the East, you actually don't even have a clear best team because people debate with the Celtics and the Cavs. But let's just say, for argument's sakes, it's the Cavs or the best team. Then you have maybe two or three other teams in each conference who have a legitimate chance. You have the Rockets, the Thunder, the Spurs. In the East, you have, if it's the Cavs, you have then the Celtics, you have maybe the Bucks, and you have... And the Wizards, who have a, le- a legit chance, maybe. Uh, so 
maybe when you put them relative to themselves and not each other, they're more similar than we're giving it credit for. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's Even, it's like the minor league to the major league. So well, it's competitive even, against each like, other, when, but when not top, against when the top, other. But when the Cavs play the bottom of the West, they win. When the Warriors play the bottom of the East, they win. But, like, it's also not a given. Like, I, I've seen bad team, bad Eastern Conference teams beat good Western Conference teams last season. It happened multiple times. Like, it, just because overall the conference is weaker... I don't think it matters. I don't know. Like, it, I mean, I guess I'm on the same side as you guys. I don't care, but you care for you don't care for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, I don't care yeah. for reasons because the parity is still there. And like I said, like I don't care about the bottom of each conference. Like, if the the bottom of the Western Conference is better than the bottom of the Eastern Conference, I don't give a shit. The top of the Western Conference isn't so much better than the top of the Eastern Conference that I think that. No matter what happens this NBA season, the NBA champion is going to be a team from the Western Conference. I don't believe that for one second. So, yeah. So you know, if you put the Celtics or the Cavs and put them in the place of the Spurs and the Thunder, who's to say that they wouldn't be the same, equal, or better? You know, like the, that is a legitimate toss-up and a legitimate, legitimate conversation of who is better in those situations. So I, I think you make a good point, Frank. Maybe uh, there's more similarities than we. Than we saw, but I think we're all actually on the same page, even if we got we got there differently. Yeah. That it really just doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, no, yeah. we don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, so that's, that's interesting. Out. So, how about this? Um, let me let me pose this question to you guys. So, now we just talked about the East versus West, and I want to bring this up because last year the complaints that NBA fans had, or the complaints that sports fans had about the NBA NBA was everyone knows it's going to be Warriors Cavs no one cares about anything else this doesn't matter yada 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 I know it's something that really bothered us as actual NBA fans who like the league top to bottom people who understand that storylines go from year to year to year to year and are not just last season in a nutshell uh but do you think that fixation on the Warriors and Cavs is still going to be a problem or still going to be relevant enough to where the NBA gets watered down because of it. I think uh, no, you got, you got I, I think people outside the NBA, like as you were saying, like we talk about that many times before on you know in our group chat and whatnot. And I really do think that people that said that didn't really watch the NBA. Maybe they were like the casual, you know, flipped it on or something. But like I, that's never been the case for me. And I think people that really you know watch the NBA follow it. I don't think. I don't think that's kind of a fixation anymore. I, I, I think you might have said that earlier, and I, you know, I guess I agree with it. Um, I think there's a ton of different storylines. Uh, there was a bunch of moving parts this offseason. I really don't think that's, uh, that's much of a fixation. I think it's uh, a little more unpredictable. I, I, mean, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, think, I thought last year it was ridiculous but understandable why people were so caught up on those two storylines because they just had played each other twice. And and to be quite honest, they can very possibly meet in the in the finals again. No one's going to deny that, right? Like no one's going to say that's not possible. But we can also realize that the Clippers, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Thunder, uh, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Blazers all have interesting aspects to their team. And that was only Western Conference teams. And I know we just said the East has less talent. They have interesting storylines too. This year excites me because I think more people will accept the other storylines and be excited about Giannis Antetokounmpo on, on a more holistic scale than they were last year. And that is awesome to me. 
I you think, nailed that name, by the way. Yeah, you did. You Thank really you. Did. But, uh, again, I think it's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, I'm just going to keep calling people out today. Like, it's, it's bullshit. The NBA has always been about dynasties. Most sports has always been about dynasties. Look at the top teams in all sports across across the spectrum, soccer, basketball, football. There are dynasties from generation to generation in every sport, in every sport, and particularly the, the NBA. Like, uh, when I think of old-time NBA, you think of, you think of classic matchups that you saw year in, year out. The number one that I would compare to Celtics, uh, sorry, Celtics, Cavs, Warriors, would be, you know, that was like what it used to be like to watch the Celtics and the Lakers play. Mm-hmm. That's that's it's not new. People need to get over it. The top teams don't just go away after one year. They usually and stick they usually around don't last forever too. For, yeah, it's just the way things work. That's the way sports work. Like <laughs> people aren't on one year contracts. People don't flip teams every single year. It, it, it's multi year basises. Like these guys are like the Warriors are going into this second year with Durant, Draymond. Curry and Thompson, like, is there's all of a sudden not supposed to be a good team anymore just because we don't want them to be? We don't want to see the Warriors in the finals anymore. Get out of here with that nonsense. I want to see teams. You know, that's that's what greatness is. Being good, you could be good for a short amount of time, and it doesn't matter. Being great is being good for a really long amount of time, and I enjoy greatness. So, so how do you, Duff? I want to go to you on this one next because. I hear you, Frank, and I think we're all absolutely on the same page with you on that conversation. So I want to flip to this. Another complaint I hear from not real NBA fans or NBA fans who maybe have some problems is that the NBA is either too friendly or too petty, which kind of are counter-contradictory statements. But those are two things to me that make the NBA awesome. Like petty wars obviously is half the reason why Twitter, NBA Twitter is what it is. And then oh the, the friendliness amongst players is so cool too. From my opinion, of seeing these awesome athletes, you know, actually have lives outside the court and have friendships and still compete against one another. So Duff, I want to go to you. What do you say to those haters? That's ridiculous. The pettiness, dude, fuck the basketball. Like I don't care about the sport, whatever. But the pettiness is what keeps me coming back. I watch the NBA. People don't know this. I watch the NBA not for the sport. It's I watch it like girls watch The Bachelor. Like that's why I watch this shit. It's to watch like Russell Westbrook on his couch watching Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, rather than watching the NBA Finals. So people know that he doesn't. He doesn't. People know that he doesn't care, but inside he's only doing it because he wants people to think he doesn't care because he cares so much. And I, I like it's so fucking petty. I love that. Oh my god, I eat that. I love. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I love when uh, when Washington went into Boston wearing all black, like they were gonna fucking kill him. Like it's just like it's stupid stuff that gets you a little hyped up for games. Like you know, it it builds up the inner storylines like within the NBA. Let alone like rivalry, team versus team. It's like it gets down to player versus player. It gets super interesting, especially on Twitter. Yo, people can go back and forth for days. Yeah, the NBA does a great job of marketing to like marketing their specific players. Like that's something the NFL sucks at. Is they're always marketing the teams rather than the players, and you can always see them do crazy stuff or like see what kind of weird hair Amon Shumpert's got. Well, now he got a haircut, but like. Or, or, like, what kind of tattoos Birdman has and stuff like that. It's so fun to, like, 
these individual players have individual personalities that are really fun to follow. I love it, man. It is fantastic. And actually, coming someone who's going to be on this podcast for sure, uh, he listens to this podcast occasionally. I don't know if he's going to listen to this episode, but Kevin Liu, I know we all know him from our college days. He writes for Sports Quotient, sportsquotient.com. He, he actually interviewed Worldwide Wob. Are you guys familiar with Wob? Twitter guy? Yeah, the Twitter guy. I think so, I've seen him, yeah. Yeah, so he interviewed him, and like obviously that guy loves the Petty Wars, and he basically earned a living on it by creating such a popular Twitter. But me and Kevin talk about this all the time, too. That's what makes this sport so amazing. Duff, you called it The Bachelor for, for Sports World, and it's <clears> legit <throat> one of the best reality shows out there. Uh, so it's so fun. Um, it's so great. Dude, why would you want to watch like the Real Housewives of NBA players when you can watch the NBA players who are like 10 times more petty? <laughs> it's like people don't get it. And off the think, to- oh, what's up, Bab? I was gonna say I think you know on the topic of petty. I think Russell Westbrook proclaimed himself as the king of NBA pettiness when he just signed that contract, like the largest contract in history on Katie's birthday. Like <laughs> the, I saw a stat, he waited like 92 days to sign that contract on Katie's birthday, and like I loved it. Like that's just I love oh, it. I, like God. how great is that? It's wonderful. <laughs> and I can like, tell you from our Twitter, which is at SportBlog NYC, please tweet at us, uh, you know, any thoughts you have, anything you love or don't love about the NBA, throw some shade at us because we'd love to throw some back at you. Uh, also, if you want to throw some love, that's cool too. But via our Twitter, we've sent out a tweet saying how Russell Westbrook signed it on the largest contract on Katie's birthday, yada, yada, yada. And the amount of responses we get are so fun because – it's about. It almost becomes fifty-fifty. Maybe this one was more seventy-five twenty-five. That Russell did this, and it's hilarious. And people write, "Yo, this is so petty." Like I love it with laughing emojis, all that stuff. And it really goes to show that people care about these players deeper than on the basketball court. Which I want to throw something out there. Imagine a world where the NFL was able to have quarterbacks, the people who are the stars of the NFL, are quarterbacks, right? Imagine they had quarterbacks with a little more power who decided to flip franchises. Like, what if Matt Stafford didn't want to re-sign with the Lions because that's a trash organization nine times out of ten? What He's going to be like, all right, I'm just going to not re-sign. I'm taking my ass to Denver, and I'm winning the Super Bowl, you know? Like, that would make the NFL pop off the screen, and that's what's happening in the NBA. I think the, the dynamic in the NFL is just different, though, because they only have, X, like, X amount of years to make their money and then they're out because their sport is so violent and dangerous and no one should play it or watch it. You should just switch to the NBA. And they, they don't have that freedom to do those things that NBA players can because it's the best sport and the best league in the world. So, Wow, so, bold statement. You should, you should actually hit up NBA with that exact quote and try to get paid for that. Was that subtle? Was that as subtle as it, as it sounded in my head? Dude, that was that was like a ringing endorsement for the NBA. Adam Silver probably wants to shake your hand. <laughs> I want to shake. His, I love it. He's the smartest man in the world. So even though he's getting he's getting a little bit of shade right now, that's fine. We're not talking about that right now. So this is the NBA Outsiders podcast. We've been giving talking about some sport uh, for a little bit now. We're talking about all types of things with the NBA, about the league, about the conferences, about some players. We haven't really gotten to too much player and team stuff yet, but don't worry, we are going to get into that. Again, my name is Peter Kennedy. I'm joined with Frank Villani, John Lucas Duffy, Justin Babb. I pretty much call them Frank, Duff, and Babb. So if you hear that, yeah, figure it out. It's really simple, actually. That's just their names. But <laughs> we're going to be coming at you just to give you some background on the NBA Outsiders. We've been planning on this podcast for a while. We wanted to launch it pretty close to the NBA season, even though 
we were itching to get after this, you know, weeks and months ago, but we wanted to, you know, launch it at a reasonable time. So before we move on, guys, do you think there's somebody who's listening to this podcast? Maybe it's someone who listens to the SBNY podcast and is just listening and checking this out. Maybe it is somebody who's just, just found this and wants to check it out, but they're not obsessed with the NBA, maybe how we are. Do you think someone's sitting here saying these goddamn NBA outsiders can't stop, you know, getting off on the NBA and they sound like ridiculous fanboys right now? Uh, yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, if that's your thought, like you just don't watch the NBA. So I guess they should turn it off right now because I'm literally stroking it with every every time I say the NBA. It's just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel the same way, man. Like if, if you're if you're not breathing NBA, if you're not, you know, sleeping breathing NBA, like this might not be the podcast for you. I'm not trying to, you know, deny anybody that's listening, but like Go be an NBA insider. Go be an yeah, NBA and get in. There's not a better time for you too. The NBA has never been bigger. Uh, you know, it's never been more fun to watch. Uh, it's never been more available. So, you know, get out there and become NBA fans. If you're not, that's my advice. And speaking of that, we're going to use that as a segue in a moment because you just said how accessible it is. And we actually just made a very smart move and purchased our league pass for this, for the year, right? So we, we're banking it big time this year with the NBA. We're going to have our league pass. So we're going to talk about our league pass teams, right? That's always a fun thing to talk about. What's those one or two teams that you're going to keep an eye on when you turn on your league pass? Um, but based off that, Again, this podcast is an NNB SBNY podcast. It's on the SBNY podcast network. It is the NBA Outsiders. It's not going to live on the SBNY feed forever because you know we we understand that it should have its own feed, right? It deserves that. But what we want to do here, because we're partnered with SportsBlogNewyork.com, we want to keep it here for a little bit. Keep it on SBNY podcast. NBA Outsiders special editions. We're going to be coming at you at least once a week. Hopefully, more often sometimes. Uh, and then once we hear some buzz, we hear some feedback from you guys, leave a little rating, leave a review, and say NBA Outsiders is my jam. I love that. We're going we're gonna to give you more and more content, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're with us for this episode today, at about 50 minutes in to episode number one of the NBA Outsiders podcast, thank you for tuning in. We're not done yet. We're going to talk about some more stuff. But thank you, and shout out to every single listener. Let us know what you think. Let us what you want to hear more of, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this thing. But without further ado, Frank just mentioned how the NBA is more accessible than ever. We're lucky enough to have NBA League Pass. Bab, I want to start off with you. What's up? Give me your Let's NBA League Pass teams this year. What team or teams are you going to keep your keen, keen eye on? Let's do Let's do one Eastern Conference and one Western Conference for this. Beautiful, Duff. Okay, okay I like that. Dude, out of the Western Conference, I'm really just – I want to see what the Timberwolves do. I like – I really think they're going to be, you know, a fun team to watch. Uh, like the dynamic between, you know, I think Wiggins is, is going to be a great player. Uh, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best centers in the league already. Uh, the addition of Butler. I mean, I'm going to be watching, I think, a lot of Timberwolves games, uh, you know, in, in the Western Conference. Uh, and then in the Eastern Conference, you know, let me run through these Eastern Conference teams. Uh <sighs> Eastern Conference is... A little tougher there, huh? Should be such an easy choice. Should be well, such an easy choice, I'm just saying. Well, I, I think the Eastern Conference is definitely a little tougher. I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm interested to see kind of... Uh, I think the Wizards are just going to keep getting better and better with John Wall and Bradley Beal. I think they're really developing like a good... 
chemistry between them. You know, John Wall posted on Instagram the other day uh, when, who was he, like, Melo switched teams. He was like, looks like everyone's joining up, you know, to create a super team. It's just me and you, brother. Like, I, I think the Wizards are going to be awesome to watch in the Eastern Conference, you know, besides uh, the Sixers and then the Western Conference. Yeah, I think the Timberwolves are going to be uh, super exciting to watch. They might not necessarily be the best teams, but, you know, from my perspective, I guess just as an NBA fan, I really want to see kind of what they can do. Literally, you just use example A. One of the reasons why you're excited to watch the Wizards, because you can feel that vengeance in John Wall and Bradley Beal's yeah. game, right? Like, you brought up an Instagram post because why you think the Wizards will be interesting, and that right there is fantastic. Yeah, like, John Wall, like, it, it's just, he, he put out that message, and it's just like, all right, man, it's me and you, like, against, you know, everyone else. They're all joining up, creating these super teams. You know, we don't got to do that. So, like, he's kind of got that chip on his shoulder. He's going to play with a little bit of an edge, like... Yeah, you know, that's going to be a fun team to watch right there. And they're signed long-term. They're both signed long-term. Mm-hmm. So is Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. All right, Duff, you're up next, bro. What do you got? All right. In the East, bro, Bab, this should have been so easy, my guy. In the East, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey. Uh, you took my answer. And it's not, it's not. Yes, Frank, I did take your answer because the only answer. I don't know what Bab's thinking out here. Yeah, you're right. Well, go so, ahead. Back, back it up. Back it up, Joe. Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's literally it. That's all yeah. you need to know. Great freak. His that's game literally winners, all you need to know, my guy. Rebounds, passes. He led his team in every major category. Oh, yeah, he's that's unbelievable. He's like a basketball. Yo, Bab, do you remember that article you read? Uh, you told me about it. It was like it was like three years ago, sophomore year. You're like, and it was like way too early NBA assumptions. It was like how Anthony Davis became he was like a he was like a basketball terminator created in the future. Oh yeah, 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 I do remember the that. current day NBA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt like eight times, but that was fun when it happened. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's Giannis now. Yeah, yeah I mean, he is amazing to watch. I mean, I remember seeing a picture on NBA Twitter last year of him like dunking with his feet on the ground. Like he he like reached up and he dunked the ball while his feet were on the ground. So like, yeah, yeah I mean, he's a freak. You're right. The Bucks, you know, they're gonna be up there. My team's the and then in the West. Wait, 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 Duff. I want to stop you before you go on. I oh. want to tell you like three other reasons why the Bucks are also interesting. So say Giannis, say the Bucks are your team, right? And you're watching a lot of their games. All right. Well, now Jason Kidd wants to give Giannis a night off. Maybe he bumped knees one day, right? He gets a night off. You still got Thon Maker as just an interesting character on that team. Dude, he's super that guy young. Is Eighty years old. That's I was crazy. say <laughs> he's super young or super old, but very interesting. <laughs> Then you got Chris Middleton. You got Grit himself, Matt Delvadova. Jabari oh. Parker back from injury. The rookie DJ Wilson. It's literally one of the longest teams of all time. Like Malcolm Brogdon is like 6'5 with a crazy wingspan. He's their point guard. And they have John Hanson, who's a freak on the bench. Like the longest team of all time. Good players. Going to be a top team in the Eastern Conference. Like that is an amazing team to watch all year long. One like, I think, though, they I have think we can all agree that the, that the Bucks. Frank, hold on. This is my turn. You get your turn next. <laughs> the Bucks are going to be like a top three team in the East, but I could honestly see them being a one seed because whoa, like, so dude, listen in the been, East in the this, East. So listen this year. So this the Isaiah Thomas is going to be playing on the Cavs until like the All Star break. Basically, you don't have no idea how Derrick Rose is going to do. You have no idea if Dwayne Wayne's body is going to hold up. LeBron James is going to sit games out. Uh, and then on the Celtics side, they, I, they, how many guys do they have from last year's team? They have like three returning players. 
The Celtics, they have very few. Let's see. Yeah, it's we like got three or four, maybe like returning players. It's some ridiculous. Jalen Brown, and, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Al Horford. Yeah, four. That's so it. figuring that shit out, like you're not gonna get that going automatically. Like it's not gonna click right away. So they're gonna come out of the gate slow. I think. I mean, I think they'll figure it out, but I just think they'll come out of the gate slow. Whereas you look at Milwaukee and. The team hasn't changed as much as those two, and it's not like and Giannis is only going to get better. So, I mean, we'll see. Look, I'm not saying that that it's like a lock, or I think it's 100 percent going to happen, or whatever. But I, I'm leaving the possibility open. I like it, man. All right, Duff, good stuff. Let's keep moving. What's your Western Conference team? Western Conference team. So this team, a lot of young players, young guards, a top ten shooting guard in the NBA, and Devin Booker. So, oh wow, Suns are my Western Conference league pass team because I Minnesota and, and the Lakers were like the first two that my mind went to. But uh, I think they're going to get a lot more national games that they have in the past than they have in the past. So I'll I'll see them more on like TNT and stuff. But I think the Suns are going to be a lot of fun. They're a lot of young young wings and guards and and, and stuff. You know, uh, first off, are you, are you talking about Devin Booker top ten this season? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's wrong. I'm sorry to tell you, but I love I love that team as well because that team is a team you watch now. So when they are really good in two years and they're in the playoffs in a year or two, then you can be like, "Yo, I've been on the Suns for a minute." Devin Booker's lit. He's only 20 years old. Josh Jackson just got drafted. He's really cool. You got Bledsoe and you know guys like Dragon Bender is still 21 years old and he has something to give on an NBA basketball court in my opinion like he's not done Marquise Chris Eric Bledsoe you got guys to look forward to watching on a night in a night out basis I think the Suns are all right just you know Devin Booker will be top 10 maybe next year the year after not yet bro I cannot wait for him to average like 30 points this year but they're they're gonna go like 15 and so whatever they have like 15 wins but he's gonna average like 30 points and you'd be like well why isn't his team winning I'm just gonna be like dude do you not see this man? Nah, this man is awesome. I agree with you. I love Devin Booker. Don't get it twisted. He's going to be amazing. He has superstar potential, and I, I see him as a superstar in this NBA. But when you look at all the other shooting guards, uh, I'm taking some other guys before 20-year-old Devin Booker who doesn't play much defense yet in his career. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to be so fun this year. I'm going to watch him as much as I can. But he's not like a winning basketball player yet. He's just not. I see what Whatever, bro. Crickets. Whatever. Crickets over there, Duff. Crickets. Dude, you still have Melo as, like, a top 10 small forward, and he doesn't win shit ever. So, like, if you're going to put winning as a criteria, I don't know, man. It's nah, part of many criteria, and it's not just winning. It's about the whole thing. And Melo is hardly in the top 10 of my small forward category. Hardly. Small forward's not a great position. And also, Melo is hardly 20 years old and is an established pro. And has won scoring titles, so suck it. Right, bro. Just wait. Just wait for my guy. Like, I'm, right. like you're wait. right. Like he's now, gonna. That's exactly still, my point, bro. Dude, we saying, have to wait. wait. You guys are like, okay, maybe not this season. I'm like, no, dude. Seventeen days. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, bro. Uh, I love it. All right, Frank. Yo, let's go to you. What do you got on league pass this year? All right, so my Western Conference team. I'm gonna go Nuggets. Hey. Uh, Ooh. Nuggets make a splash in the offseason. They pick they pick up Paul Millsap, who is an established scorer at the four position, solid NBA player. Nikola Jokic, uh, you know, pretty much besides Carl Anthony Towns and Embiid, that's the young big guy that you, that's the young center that you hear about. Rather, um, I, I count Porzingis as a power forward. Is what I'm not saying him, but Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, he's beast. Uh, Jamal Murray, fun to watch. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier, maybe he'll start figuring out the NBA game. Still a fun athlete. Guy can bounce through the roof. Um, Gary Harris. Uh, they have a bunch of guys there that just can light it up. That's a team that's going to score a bunch of buckets in very exciting ways. That's why they're my Western Conference team to watch. I mean, you know. Everybody's obviously going to watch the Warriors, but they're going to be on national television, like you said. This is going to be, you know, good bang for your buck. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the teams that aren't on national television every single week. You know what I mean? So that's what I think that's understood here. So Nuggets, by the way, Frank, like literally a fantastic choice. They might be, and take this for the grain of salt, but it is honestly a real possibility. They might be the deepest team, 1 through 15, in the whole league. Like they don't have guys other than maybe Tyler Lydon who they just drafted who can't play in the NBA like their their second worst player on the team is Trey Lyles and Darrell Arthur both guys who would probably get minutes on 9 out of 10 NBA teams easy money everybody else has been an NBA true player in this league or a young guy with loads of potential and Nikola Jokic is a top 2 center in the league right now hot take definitely 2017-2018 Nikola Jokic Easily top five, probably top three. I have him at two on my top centers in the league. Hot take, hot take. Uh, Dude, I- you're not uh, Devin Booker's too young for you, but Nikola Jokic is already like the best <laughs> center of all time. Yeah, I can't even be part of it. I'm, I'm muting myself. I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Duff, how many triple doubles has Devin Booker had at the center position? That's a made up stat. It's a made-up right. stat. It's a made-up stat. Oh, a actually, guy gets 10 points, actually, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists, but the other guy gets 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists? Like, who had the better game? Duff, I don't know if you're a real plus-minus guy. Like, I don't know how you feel about, like, metrics and stuff like that. But just let me tell you this. Even if you're not a big metrics guy, you have to accept that, like, vast uh, differences can tell you a little bit of storyline. So what, do you, what does your eye test tell you about Devin Booker's defense? It's not great. He's still really young. He can get pushed around. And he's figuring out if he's like a true two or a three, yada, yada, yada. Well, real plus minus backs it up tenfold. He is a net negative minus two for the entire season last year on defense. Nikola Jokic was a plus two amongst centers, and that was one of the top ones. So combining Nikola Jokic's offense with his defense, what he does on the court is huge. He actually checks out to be a top center in the league from that. And from the eye test, because this man passes like a wizard. He can shoot the three, he handles the ball, and he protects the rim. Like, that guy doesn't exist in the NBA outside of a few people. And that's why he's so high up on the ranking. Also, Unicorn 2.0. I, I just want to say another thing about Duff just poo-pooing on the triple-double stat. Like, <laughs> you, the only reason the triple-double isn't held in the same regard it used to is because Russell Westbrook got 42 of them in his single season. You're desensitized to it. So your opinion on it to me, honestly, it does not even matter. Dude, when people – no, I think people care about it more now than they used to because now you're seeing – like like if if there was like a triple-double in a game, people wouldn't be like, oh, my God, he had a triple-double. What the – it would be like, oh, no, dude. No, no, no. no. Every time Russell had a triple-double, that was all you saw on like Twitter and Instagram. That was like – it literally just flooded everywhere. All right, well, let's keep it moving. I agree. That's a, that's an interesting conversation. I can't wait to have all these talks on the also, NBA Outsiders like, podcast. Triple-double doesn't mean anything. LeBron James, first player ever to average a triple-double in the finals. That doesn't mean anything, though. 
I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything. I'm not. I'm never gonna use that as an argument though, and just be like, "Oh, this guy gets triple doubles." I I let me know. I also didn't use that as an argument, Duff. But let's keep it moving. We got Frank's Eastern Conference team because we got all these talks to have all season long, and I can't freaking wait. But let's keep this one rolling, Frank. What's your Eastern Conference okay. league pass team? So real quick, obviously, if you guys, I mean, I guess if you have a vendetta against the Bucks and are not gonna watch the Bucks from the East. Uh, I don't know. I guess we were talking a lot about pettiness and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm a big fan of dysfunction. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, Charlotte just picked up Dwight Howard. That's a buttload of dysfunction. So, you know, I might <laughs> I might go with the Hornets. Uh, Kemba Walker had his first All-Star season that, last year. So, you know, he might come on next year and have another All-Star season, especially with this Eastern Conference, you know, losing some superstars. I think he might be one of the more intriguing players to watch in the Eastern Conference. I love it. Um, also, I'll mention you did have the Bucks, right? You said, and then you're sw- picking the Hornets as your second one. Well, I mean, if, if you like, if, if you really, if you have league pass and the Bucks aren't your number one Eastern Conference team that you're not personally a fan of, like you got some fact checking to do. That team is fun as hell to watch. I, I watched Giannis Antetokounmpo live hit a game winner against the Knicks in the Garden. I, w- I, w- I mean, I was mad, obviously, but, like, I wasn't even mad. I saw Giannis Antetokounmpo do something that he probably did for, like, the first time in his NBA career. That's dope. He's fun to watch. I love it. Bad, what do you got on the Hornets? What do you think about uh, Malik Monk, Kemba Walker, Batum, well, and Dwight Howard? The thing, I- I'm going to go back because I guess I was getting ripped for my Eastern Conference pick, but I, I, I – I have a, this thing against Matthew Dovadova. Uh, I <laughs> oh just, my god! <laughs> I just literally have this like thing against him. He just reminds me of this kid in like in gym class that just tries really hard, but like just kind of throws his body around and isn't too good at. It. I it, I just I hate I hate watching him play. I, I hate, hate watching grit. Him play. You hate I, watching I know he's like grit. the grit guy. He's like to get down and do the dirty work, but. Just something about him just brings up, you know, memories that from grade school gym class, and I just, I just can't watch him. I, I can't watch. Typical, it. typical Iverson fan just poo pooing on the glue guys of, of the basketball team. Come on, I've said this for years now. Man. I know you hate that guy forever. I think he was at St. Mary's and Bab was like, that guy sucks. Dude, he is the worst, man. I can. Oh, but yeah. Wait, what was it? What was the original question? I, I totally the Hornets. What do you feel about the Hornets? Uh, I like Kemba Walker. Uh, let me pull up the roster. Oh yeah, no, um, no preparation. No, this kid's just not ready. Absolutely. If I, you prepared for this, I even you were not an NBA outsider. I gave you, <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a, a layup, bro. I you, I literally named Kemba Walker, Malik Monk, Nick Batum. Like I named players for you to talk about. You know. Yeah, but see, in my head, all I was thinking was Matthew Delavadova. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the on that note of Bab not knowing. Um, who's on which teams. Shout out to Pete for sending all of us a uh, Google Doc of who's on which teams for every team, broken down by division and conference. Including, Thanks, thank e- you, Pete. Including Bab, Bab, way to open that email he sent five Dude, minutes I, before. You did get out of here. I had that thing open for years. Um, Duff, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't include my trash rankings in that Google Doc. <laughs> Dude, I need to actually... Can I edit this or what? You, you can keep... It's actually just an Excel. It's not a Google Doc. We don't want to give... You know, fake advertisements here. This is just an Excel spreadsheet that I sent via email. You can do whatever you want with that thing, man. So, yeah, I'm going to fix this, bro. Yeah. Kevin Walker is like an electric point guard. He can go off, like, I think he can go off any night on any given defender. Uh, I think Nick Batum's a top wing. I mean, what do you guys think about Batum? I've kind of been, like, iffy about him, but 
Uh, I think I'm finally come around. I think. No, I, think I, got, I think he got paid a lot of money maybe last summer, and I was kind of like, eh, what? like after he left uh, the the Trailblazers. But uh, I, I think I've come around on him. I think he's a top wing. Um, you know, Philly Pride, MCW there, waiting in the you know, come right off the bench. He's, he sucks. He's really bad, by the way. Yeah, um, he's trash. Straight <laughs> trash, homie. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't actually like him. But, uh, no, yeah, the Hornets are going to be an interesting uh, Eastern Conference team to watch, too. Dwight Howard is literally just walking dysfunction. Uh, you know, what was the last team he was on that he didn't, like, blow up? Uh, magic. Yeah, was it the Magic? <laughs> like, no, like, they still suck now. After he left, they're still <laughs> trash, bro. It's been like ten years. Well, yeah. yeah well, I guess you, you, yeah, he kind of fucked them up too because they had Van Gundy who was killing it down there. Yo, and he literally was like, "This team would be better. Like, I'm if you don't get rid of this coach, I'm gonna leave. Like, this is terrible." So they got rid of the coach, and then he still left. Scumbag. Go be a donkey farmer, Dwight. <laughs> yeah, bro. Go, yeah, go, go farm some sheep or whatever. Yeah, that's a true story. Uh, Dwight Howard's actually very intrigued by farming and apparently owns some land in Georgia where he's going to do some farming. He loves donkeys. True story. Donkey, Look it up. Google it. Your rancher. Just Google Dwight Howard donkeys. It comes up, I promise. But that's really cool. All right, so I'm going to I'm gonna give my last two, my two league pass teams, and then I want to give a few shout-outs to some rookie storylines because basically we're shouting out what's interesting in this NBA season. We talked about the conferences, the teams, the, some great players. Uh, our league pass teams, I also think rookies hold weight as an interesting storyline by themselves. So we're going to talk about that because especially this draft. Um, but my, I'll go to my Western Conference team first. And I'll say this. I was between – because Bab mentioned the Wizards as like some petty wars with Bradley Beal and, and John Wall just trying to do it by themselves. Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, Portland Trailblazers, they ain't getting nobody. They're trying so hard to get Melo to come over. He wouldn't allow it. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch, but they are not my team. I am going to pick the team, the Los Angeles Lakers. And I hate to say that out loud. I'm picking it because I am, like, I don't know if I'm fully bought in on Lonzo Ball. Like, I don't know exactly how good he's going to be, but I think he can be really, really fun and affect a team in winning basketball games in so many ways. So I think he's going to be interesting to watch. And the spectacle around his rookie season is going to be so real. Like, his preseason numbers for rate TV ratings are going to be through the roof. He took what Ben Simmons did in the summer league and doubled it down this year in the summer league. Brandon Ingram's a year older. Like KCP is going to save a whole civilization. So like they're going to be interesting. They should not be a playoff team, but like Kyle Kuzma is going to be interesting. Brooke Lopez can chuck some threes for him. I'm excited to watch a team. What do you guys think about the Lakers? Yo, I love it. That was the team. I, I, I was going to pick them, but I saw how many national TV games they had. And good point. They, dude, Lonzo, he's going to be electric. Like, if he's great, it's going to be electric. If he sucks, it's going to be electric. Like, there's like this season is going to be a lot of – like, that's going to be a fun storyline no matter what. And I think they're so young. Like, who who's the guy you said, Kuzman? He Kyle Kuzman, yeah. Lit, yeah, he lit it up in summer league this year with uh, Lonzo. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he was putting up some solid minutes this year too. I mean, my, so, my guy can stretch the floor. Shout out to our league pass. Uh, I watched all of the highlights to that game. It was on NBA TV. Unfortunately, couldn't watch it. But I watched all the highlights. Uh, Kyle Kuzma hit two running hook shots, one with his right hand and one with his left hand on back-to-back possessions. And I know, like, you know, it could be fluky, whatever, but he, he shows that he's a plus athlete. There's no denying that. 
Zegni shows great upside. Like, he's got good skill. He can handle the ball, and he can actually shoot a little bit too. Not from three just yet, but he's got a decent mid-range jumper. Um, I, I actually like that pick a lot. The Lakers are going to be uh, a fun team to watch. Uh, and to your point, whether Lonzo's good or bad, I personally think he's going to be good. Um, it's going to be fun to watch either way because, like, uh, I'm a fan of LeVar Balls as well, but I know a lot of people out there are not. So, like, if Lonzo sucks, yo, you already know that LeVar Ball is going to be hearing it. And that's going to be so much fun just to see that guy react <laughs> to that. Like, Legit. That, that's honestly, to me, that might actually even be more interesting than <laughs> the game itself. Dude, I'm a huge LeVar, LeVar Ball fan in this sense where, like, you, I, I don't take him seriously as a person. I literally just look at him like he's an insane character on a TV show, and I just think he's hilarious. Like, oh, like, dude, when he's yelling at like Christine Leahy, like he's just such a villain. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, <laughs> he relishes she's, like the sweetest, like most nice looking girl in the world, and he's just like, I'm not looking at you or talking to you. I'm talking to the man at the desk. It's like, dude, what is wrong with you? Like, holy! <laughs> but he has. He's accepted it, and like, I was never like, I didn't really like him at first when he first kind of came into the spotlight, but he has kind of accepted it, and I think it's hilarious. Now, I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. So I think I've become a fan of his, and, you know, in terms of on the court, I do think Lonzo is going to be uh, electric. I think he's going to be a really good player, potentially the best guard to come out of this draft. Um, oh, yeah. But off the court, uh, definitely become a fan of LeVar. And, I mean, if you listen to the word of LeVar Ball, the Lakers are a playoff team. True. But, yeah. I can actually I can give everybody the exact instance I became a LeVar Ball fan. I actually know exactly what happened and what changed my mind. It was when he went on WWE Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Oh it wasn't it wasn't when he popped out of the behind the curtain. It was when he started running onto the Dude, and he looked like <laughs> and chicken arms. You know, the, yeah, with the chicken arms and he lays down on stage, puts one leg up like that that made me laugh so hard I couldn't not like the guy after. Yeah. That's when he became straight up like funny. That's when he became self aware. And like I was talking about the NBA being like reality TV and like Real Housewives and The Bachelor or whatever. Like this is the NBA's version of the Kardashians. The Ball family 100%. is the NBA Kardashians. Hundred percent. Legit. And yo, that was the moment where he became a little more self aware and owned who he was. And For it was sure. awesome. Like I think more people were like you, Bab, who maybe in the beginning they were like, eh, this guy's off his rocker. Like, I don't know if I can yeah. handle that. Like, I can't condone his, his actions. But then he just became more a little fun, still outrageous, but kind of a clown. Like, he's having fun with this now. He's still super confident. And his son's actually going to be good at basketball, in my opinion, too. So, it, like, everything combined is awesome. But let's move on. Yeah. Let's get to the Eastern Conference. About my Eastern Conference team. Uh, also, by the way, good point, Duff. They are on a lot of national games, so maybe I would have picked Portland or Houston or, or something like that, but they're just a team that's going to be really fun. No that's, a good, no, that's a good pick. That's a solid pick. Thank you. So I really need your approval as well, so I, that's why, well, I, yeah, that's why like I brought Frank's you up. picks were trash. Your picks were good. <laughs> All right, yo. So my Eastern Conference team is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Why, <laughs> I'm kidding. Dennis Schroeder, he's always been a Schroeder. No, yo, I'm kidding. That, that is that, a fact, actually. That yeah. is just, I mean, Dennis Schroeder is my boy, but nah, I'm not looking forward to watching the Hawks. I was kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I I really like the Bucks as well. Uh, the Sixers, I'm going to leave off because Bab is, like, stated his Sixer love, and, like, I am also bought in on watching the Sixers this year. 
Um, yeah, whoever thought I'll, this was going to be a New York podcast, this is going to be Sixers podcast, just so everyone's ready for that. <laughs> this is just this is it. It is going to be part Sixers, absolutely. They're they're mad fun to watch. But I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I think they're interesting because they have characters on this team who I really appreciate, and one of them is Hassan Whiteside, who's actually also good at basketball. Goran Dragic is no slouch. Neither is Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson. But that doesn't even count one of the most interesting men in the NBA who also thinks he's, like, a star. Deion Waiters just Deion got Waiters. signed big money. Waiters in Island, baby. <laughs> so Waiters got big money. Justice Winslow's back from injury. James Don Johnson's a good player. They got Hassan Whiteside, who's hilarious. Rookie Bam Adebayo. And they went on a tear in the second half last year. This is a playoff team in my estimation, and they're just fun. They're fun. That's it. I feel that. They're always pretty competitive, and they're always solid. Pat Riley runs a good organization. Eric Spolstra, he's a good coach. I like hey, it. Pat I definitely Riley, think they're listening to this. Pat Riley, you're old, and I don't like you. How about that? Pat Riley, wait. Do you got, all right, wait. Who, which one of you guys listen to part of my take? Me. I do, do sometimes. Do you listen to uh, the segment, Pat Riley, is he dead yet? No, I haven't. I got the, it. Oh, is you a new listener? That used to be a segment they started doing like a year ago. It's like, uh, are they dead yet? And then it's like, Pat, is Pat Riley dead yet? Used to be a segment. <laughs> Did you ever get an answer? Uh, he's still alive. But oh, what he started to do is um, they'll like just pick like, is are, are they dead yet? And they'll just pick like famous people. Just be like, yeah, is this person alive still? And they'll just be like, yes, no, yes, no. It's like, oh shit, that sucks. They're actually dead. <laughs> <laughs> those dudes, that, those two dudes are clowns. Uh, if you didn't listen to the Richard Jefferson episode with part of my take, go and do that because Richard Jefferson's dope, and that yeah, was a good episode. Yeah, Richard Jefferson is a super cool dude. All right, so let's move on, though. So we did our League Pass teams, talked about a bunch of people. We're already at an hour and 15. We don't need to go too, too much longer, but I do want to talk about one more thing, um, and that is the rookie class this year. So that includes Ben Simmons, in my estimation, because he didn't play last year. But other than him, there are still so many interesting rookies who I really want to see play in the NBA. And I want to just talk about that storyline a little bit. So who are some of the rookies you guys are all hyped about? Uh, so, I mean, I'll go first. I mean, I think I mentioned it in the podcast we recorded last Sunday. Uh, my rookie of the year is Dennis Smith Jr. for the Mavericks. Uh, I think this guy's got a ton of talent. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's he's going on a team that's kind of middle of the pack right now, which, you know, leads me to believe he'll be able to, you know, maybe not right off the bat, but somewhere along middle of the season, towards the end of the season, he can take, like, a legitimate role on this team. Uh, I, I know this is, again, this is like a far reach, but he reminds me of a young Derrick Rose. He's that type of athlete. Um, you know, I pray for his health. He uh, he did play, or he didn't play his senior year of high school because of an ACL injury, so who knows, maybe he does have knee problems and longevity is questioned. But rookie season... Uh, I'm definitely looking out for Dennis Smith Jr. of the Mavericks. And he's probably a better shooter than Derrick Rose like today. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's, he's a good yeah. shooter too. He's sick. Definitely. Yeah, he, yeah. Probably, I probably would pick him as my like prediction for rookie of the year, just because I feel like in that pick and roll offense, he's going to get so many opportunities, and he's just going to have the ball in his hands so much. I could see him getting like an NCW esque MVP or uh, rookie of the year season, where he just puts up such ridiculous stats that they can't. Not give it to him. Except MCW's trash, and Dennis Smith's actually going to be Yeah, 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 exactly. So bad. Yeah, no, that's that's more to it. I don't think he's necessarily the best player in this draft, but I do think I think he's poised to have a very big rookie season. I think 
you know, more so than anything for the awards, it's the numbers they go after. And, you know, I can see, I legitimately can see him averaging, you know, anywhere from 16 to, you know, like 18 and, you know, anywhere from like maybe five to eight assists. I think he's got that kind of capability. Absolutely possible. So Duff, who do you got? Who's your rookie? I'm interested in is uh, probably Jason Tatum. Just from the point of like he, we're gonna look at him through a different lens than we do for rookies usually. Just in general, so rookies usually they go to the worst teams in the NBA because of the lottery. Like if you're bad, you get a good pick and whatever. So usually, the best rookies are on bad teams. Now we have uh, a top three pick that is on a team that finished number one in their conference last year. So this is going to be like, it's it's similar to like when Larry Bird was on the Celtics and they somehow got like the 85 pick uh, and they got Len Bias, unfortunately Len Bias died, but this is, we're actually going to see what it's like now when a top team in the, in the sport now gets one of the top prospects and he's going to contribute on a playoff team. Yeah. Knock on wood though. Yeah. For real. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, Jason Jason Tatum, like you said, is very interesting because he's like I'm looking at these other top rookies. I mean, the Sixers have a real chance to be a playoff team, so Ben Simmons and Fultz get that that category. Maybe you can say that the Jazz have a chance. I think they have a chance to be a playoff team with their system and defense. So maybe you can throw Donovan Mitchell to be a, a rookie who can play real playoff games and real meaningful basketball. But Jason Tatum will 100 percent be playing real meaningful basketball. You know what I mean? If he's healthy, of course. So that's why he will be interesting because they're going to kind of depend on him to play a role. He has to be able to do something. When it's going to be score. That's going to be his niche right away as a right. young player. But he's going to have to do something positive to stay on the floor or he's not going to get minutes. Yeah, he's got no – he really doesn't have much leeway for growth and let him figure it out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, in the beginning of the season, sure. Yeah. But if he struggles towards, you know, all-star break and after that, they're just going to slide him towards the end of the bench and just say, all right, we need to win games and make sure we get home court. Or, you know, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're just going to get in the playoffs and worry about matchups. But Or he'll just never play crunch time, and that's a possibility as well. Like, it depends what yeah. he can handle. Like, he might be getting that, torched on defense. We don't know yet. And even if they're winning games, but he's on the bench because he can't play in crunch time, that's that'll still be a hit to him, I think, psychologically. Just like, man, my team, my team's winning, but I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. Well, yeah, that's true. Or he can look at it like, all right, I'm still helping this team for a whole games. I'm a part of the winning, and there's not that much pressure on me. <laughs> so it depends. Uh, yeah. So it could go. You're right. It could go. It could go either way, and and uh, it could it could really have a positive or negative effect on. Let's see. Bab Bab Sauce, what do you got for me? Dude, I'm looking at Josh Jackson, and I think that the Suns are going to have just a super explosive uh, front court with that Bledsoe Booker Jackson, and like I think Jackson was, you know, I, I might want to watch him because he was originally, you know, who Philly was going to pick when we had, you know, I forget the three or the four pick. Um, I kind of blacked out once we got the number one pick. Everything else is like gone after that, but. Um, <laughs> Like, he's just super athletic, uh, you know, really kind of explosive and quick. Uh, I don't think he's the best shooter, but, uh, you know, the more kind of – I started watching a lot of kind of tapes on him, and the more and more I watched, the more I, I, I kind of came around to liking him. Um, and, I, you know, you talked about Devin Booker before. Uh, you know, they have that – those two young players paired together. Um, I mean, I think Josh Jackson's going to be 
fun to watch. I mean, what do you, I, mean, I don't know how necessarily his game will translate, how well he'll do this year, but I think he'll be a solid player. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, just this year, I guess, I want to see what he does. Awesome. I love it. I think Josh Jackson, uh, you know, he has that opposite of Jason Tatum where he's a top pick who's going to get minutes and opportunities and touches yeah. because the Suns aren't going to win that many games, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. Bledsoe and Booker will definitely get their fair of touches and usage, obviously, but they have room to let Josh Jackson experiment and see what he can do. Yeah, definitely. If they run and they get everyone out on the fast break and he's cr- like he's cutting to the basket and everyone's filling lanes for shots, it'll be a lot of fun. And he's going to cover my boy's ass on the defensive end so Devin Booker can just hide in the corner <laughs> and they just go to the other end and drop WAP threes all night. Dude, he's a good defender too. And I think I, I think that's how they're going to run that. You know, I think they're going to kind of run that high-paced uh, up and down offense because I think that's kind of what works for the the players that they've assembled there. I love it. They're going to be fun to watch too. Whoever brought them up is their league pass team. I, I like that. Um, all right, so I'm going to give you my rookie. And I, if you guys didn't think I was going to somehow fit some Utah Jazz conversation into this podcast, oh my y'all God. are mistaken. Donovan Mitchell has the chance to be an actual impactful rookie as well. Because I think the Jazz have some talent, enough with a good system and good coach, good defense to be competitive this year. And Donovan Mitchell is one of the more NBA-ready rookies, in my opinion. He's a second-year player as opposed to a, one, a first-year player out of college. He's like a, a true combo guard, but not the one where you look at and say, oh, a master of none. He's actually effective at the one and the two. Showed signs of great shooting in summer league. He's a freak athlete and projected as a really great defender. I think Donovan Mitchell's going to be a lot of fun, and he's going to sneak up on some people in this rookie class. Yeah, a lot of the times when you hear that word combo guard, it just kind of means like he doesn't have a position because he can't dribble well enough to be, or he can't dribble well enough and distribute well enough to be a point guard, but he doesn't score like enough yeah. to be a shooting guard and be like a number one option. But I, I feel you're saying this time it, it, it feels like the name fits. And also, combo guard when it's negative is usually like uh, he can't really guard point guards, but he can't really keep up with with twos either. He's the guy who can guard point guards and can also guard twos. So he's the right. opposite of the bad type of combo guard. He's the good type. Uh, I just want to, I guess, put my two cents in real quick. Uh, this is more to Babs' point about Justin Jackson, or sorry, uh, Josh Jackson. Um, Josh Jackson, in my opinion, is an underrated playmaker. Uh, on Kansas, really, the only playmaker they had was Frank Mason. And whenever they needed somebody to make a key pass or, you know, like cut to the hole and get somebody open, uh, it was Josh Jackson. So I think one of the things that goes under the radar because all you see is, you know, his athleticism and how long he is, is uh, Josh Jackson has an incredible basketball IQ. He displayed it in college. I think it's going to translate to the NBA, to to Babs' point. I think he's going to be a solid NBA player. And I got I to gotta give a quick shout-out to my boy Frankie Nicotine, Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nilakina. Shout-out to Frank. Uh, I'm excited to watch you too, but I would be a sick homer if I picked you. Um, he's going to be interesting, I think. I think Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, obviously Fultz and Simmons. We mentioned Lonzo. You got Luke Kennard, Bam Adebayo. There's, there's names out here who pull weight and people you want to see. I'm curious if Turd Ferguson, I mean Terrence Ferguson, <laughs> can get minutes on the Thunder. I don't know if he's going to right away. But there's tons of rookie storylines, and we're definitely going to keep up with that on the NBA Outsiders. <laughs> All right, so we have, we have about – I'm going to say we have four minutes left, right? And I want to do one more quick thing. 
uh, on this podcast before we say goodbye to the first inaugural episode, which is redundant. I just said first inaugural. But <laughs> let's talk about, real quick, let's talk about the Knicks. And me and Frank, less so because we just had our podcast about the Mellow Trade last week. So go back and check that out if you want to hear extended thoughts on the Mellow Trade for the Knicks and Thunder. But I want to go to Duff and I want to go to Bab as you guys are NBA outsiders when it comes to the Knicks. You guys are not Knicks fans. You do not follow teams like real Knicks fans do. So what I think is super important, and Bab will do this for you, to you with the Sixers, you need to, like Knicks fans need to hear some real perspective about their team. So I want to go yeah. to you two as non-Knicks homers. What do you think about the Knicks right now and about their offseason? Um, well, obviously that mellow trade was dog shit for them, and the return was just like so bad. Uh, but but they needed to move him, and that was just the most out. important thing. He just needed to leave. It's just too bad that Phil Jackson just like completely destroyed his value. But now you're going to get to see what it's like when Kristaps Porzingis is playing without D. Rose and without Carmelo Anthony. He's going to get so many touches. He's going to score a lot of points, get a lot of rebounds. He's going to have a lot of decision-making responsibilities, which is going to be really fun. And then Frankie Nicotine, same thing. He's going to have a lot of room to operate. And Knicks fans should not look at the win-loss record until April to find out what their like lottery percentages are. Just don't even worry about that. Just watch Kristaps Porzingis get buckets and just be happy about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I don't think the Knicks are really um... – I don't think they're going to do too much, but you have you have the unicorn, you know, and Porzingis, and I think that's kind of what you gotta gotta lean on. And I I agree too, Melo. I think he just had to get out of there. Um, I've never been a big Melo guy. I, I, you know, he gets buckets, he gets his. I don't think he's a winner necessarily. He can't be like the main guy on the team, so he had to get out of there. Um, I don't know what you as Knicks fans, you know, I don't know how you feel about the job that Phil Jackson did, but like from outside. You know, I, I think I was having a conversation actually like with my dad about it, and like I think he went in there and like fucked up. Like I don't think he did well at all, and I was stunned by that because of what you know he had done in the past with the teams that he had managed. And uh, but yeah, you know, for now I guess just uh, be happy with Porzingis putting up numbers, getting his, and uh, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> hope for the best in the future. Well, you know what? I think you two actually have pretty close uh, thoughts than Frank and I. I just don't know if that's similar to the thoughts of the average Knicks fan. So I'm still mm-hmm. glad to bring your guys' opinions in on that. I think uh, to be... I'm trying to be, I'm going to try to be objective, and you guys call me out if it's not objective. So I think Tim Hardaway is an interesting character for the Knicks this year. Just got paid for long-term money. He is not a bad player and is still 25 years old. So he's a piece that you want to see what he can do. Can he help the Knicks win games? Because like you said, Duff, look at the record in April. When is it gonna when when are we gonna be picking in the lottery? I care a little less about that than I do of this team actually taking steps forward on the basketball court. Like I know getting a top three pick would be fantastic, but I also know watching some of the pieces we have that'll be here for the next couple of years, watching them have success like Hernan Gomez, like KP, like Frank, like Tim Hardaway possibly Enos Cantor we might have for at least one more year. Can these guys play together? Can they win any games? I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, obviously, but I want to see some positive steps on the court. You forgot Ron Baker. And I love me some Ron Baker. If you don't love Ron Baker, you're probably a communist. (laughs) He's part of the plan moving forward. I think you failed to mention that. According to Steve Mills and Scott Perry, that is accurate. 
So, yeah, guys, get hyped up about friggin' Ron Baker. Like, how could you not cheer for Ron Baker? The most plain dude in the NBA. Come on. <laughs> Frank, I think dude, I think people like might think you're dude. being sarcastic right now, but are you being le- I think you're being legit, right? No, I'm being 100% sincere. Like, how could you not cheer for Ron Baker? How could you not cheer for Ron Baker? <laughs> Ron Baker looks like that that kid that you played against at middle school who had, like, the long hair, and he was, like, the popular kid, and he was, like, so good at basketball, and I, then he just, like, grew up, and literally nothing changed. Like, he just I, has that same dumbass Justin Bieber haircut. <laughs> I've got an even better comparison. He's like Ed Monix from, from Semi-Pro. That's who oh, Ron Baker man. is. Ron Baker is Ed Monix. I'm just waiting for Ron Baker to get his Gordon, <laughs> Gordon Hayward makeover. He's going to come out at us one of these days. <laughs> Ron Baker's going to come out at us one of these days with some slick back, like big part in his hair. He's going to be looking like a supermodel with that freaking, you know, that he's going to have the jawline, slick back. He's going to be looking swagged out. And we're not even going to know who he is. It could really go one of two ways where he just, like, cleans it up and he turns into, like, Gordon Hayward or he goes down a dark road and he just goes into, like, Birdman mode. Uh, <laughs> Steven uh, Adams takes all, just uh, doesn't even Steve, get a haircut and then just, like, huge mohawk. I think the worst the worst you can get for, like, a white guy looking in the NBA is Luke Babbitt. That's the worst white guy looking in the NBA. Or Spencer Hawes. By the time, yeah, Spencer Hawes is pretty close to if Ron Baker ever gets to one of those levels I officially give up on him as a Knicks fan just saying I'd much I'd much much rather like a Birdman transition I feel like that's at least colorful oh yeah it's fun it's fun yeah alright well you know what guys this has been a ton of fun on the first episode do you guys have any like last thoughts about the first episode I promise that to you listeners of the SBNY podcast slash NBA Outsiders podcast not all these episodes are going to be an hour and 30 minutes. This was the first one. We were excited. The NBA yeah. season's really close. We have a lot to talk about, you know? They're not going to all be this long, but do you guys, Bab, Duff, Frank, have any thoughts about the first one? Any closing thoughts? I just want to ask everyone, I think, last thing I want to know is, on a, like, what, what is the percentage chance that we get, like, one more? We're, t- we're two weeks out. We're, we're a little over two weeks out from the season opener. Yeah. You're looking for a trade, aren't you? What's what? Here we go. What is the percentage chance that there's going to be like another like huge piece of news about the off season, whether it's like a trade or like I don't whatever, just like another like ten out of ten like would have been huge in any other summer. I mean, are you asking us or the viewers? Both. I'm asking. I'm asking both. I want you guys to tell me now, and I want them to tell us on Twitter at NBA Outsiders. Okay. NBA um, underscore Outsiders. NBA underscore Outsiders. Uh, I, I mean, I think we're pretty much we're getting set and ready to go. Bar, yeah. Barring injuries to teams that are looking to make title runs, I don't see moves being made. So I'll put my odds at 25%. I'm with Frank. Low chance. We're, we're pretty much done. It's ba- it's actually basketball time. Yeah. yeah. We've already had a few preseason games. So. Yeah, I was thinking 30%. So I was right around that 25 I think everything's pretty much pieces are in place. Teams are working with what they got. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing much. All right, fine. What are the chances that we get some weird shit again, like Michael Beasley talking about oh, what 100%. percentage of the brain we use? 100%, oh, yeah, 100%. all in 100%. on Michael See, that's Beasley. what I'm talking about. It could be some dumb shit, too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you, you already know we're going to get some dumb shit. <laughs> I can't wait for <laughs> the next Michael Beasley quote. I mean, like, if you just look at it, like, like, I know on my Instagram Explore feed, they know I like basketball, I guess, so they just show me, like, <laughs> anything that has a basketball player in it, 
uh, I saw a video of Victor Oladipo hanging out with that fat boy SSE dude on Instagram. Like, you know, if, if players are doing stuff like that, man, you got to stay on high alert 24-7 because, you know, they'll be doing some so- some stupid shit on social media like they always do. I love it. I love it. All right, well, that is all the time we have officially for the NBA Outside Podcast. There's going to be way more episodes coming. Please let us know what you think. If you're listening right now after an hour and 35, clearly you don't hate this podcast, right? Like that's pretty obvious. So let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at SpoilBlogNYC. Follow us on Twitter at NBA underscore Outsiders. Also, subscribe, rate, review the SBNY Podcast. If you leave a rating, leave a review on the SBNY Podcast, Sports Blog New York Podcast, about the NBA Outsiders, we will 100% shout you out. We're going we're gonna to know you're an OG fan of this fine podcast. And when we go big, you're going to be right there with us. So tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. For, for Frank Villani, John Lucas Duffy, Justin Babb, my name is Peter Kennedy. Thank you for tuning in. And let's get to this NBA season. Let's do it.